name's Sid Garza Hillman, and this is what I think. I'm not a chef. I have no desire to be a chef. I have the anti-desire to be a chef. I'm not even like, I don't know, maybe. I'm zero. Zero desire to be a chef. You know how I know? Because I've been working around a restaurant for a while and I know enough to say I will never be I will never be a chef. I hesitated because I don't it's hard to say never. I would be I would be 4.2 million other things before I would be a chef. Okay, so there's a little possibility there. Uh, but I do teach cooking classes, as you know. So, or maybe you don't, but you do now. And so I teach cooking classes and I've been very busy lately at the resort. I think because of COVID, everyone's like, it got relaxed a little bit. And then everyone's like, we're getting out of here and we're going to travel and we're going to do things we haven't done in a year and a half. And that's great. I like, it's fun. Teaching is the best. Nutrition, love teaching nutrition classes. And I really love teaching cooking classes, but they're very formulated for one end and this is it to demystify plant-based cooking because it's not harder than regular cooking to to demystify healthy eating because it's easy and doesn't take any more effort um and so just to sort of remove those roadblocks if whether people go all the way or not doesn't really matter to me i just want them to you know know that it's there's nothing stopping them they can come on a little bit and not go all the way and whatever amount uh leads them to their level of health and happiness i say this responsibly because i'm drinking a bourbon right now Mm. so you can go all the way but uh first of all you don't get have bourbon so whatever but anyways and i by all the way i mean you know all the way to so-called healthy eating like 100 percent of time so my goal is to just be like look here's some easy stuff here's how to make food taste really good i know how to cook i would never do it in a kitchen in a in a restaurant don't just have no desire to be sort of that in that whole world at all but Recently, I taught a class, uh, which was an SOS class. Now, if you're not familiar with SOS, I've probably brought it up in this podcast and maybe my last show, The Approaching the Natural Podcast. I might have brought it up in both of these shows on occasion because it's it's almost the reason I say nutty nut nut. Like it's it's in that world. SOS, if you don't know, means salt, oil, and sugar-free okay salt oil sugar-free okay now i have multiple issues with this okay like mul- first of all p- apparently protein powders are okay so no salt no oil no sugar so you've got your added fat which is oil junk food got it you got your added sugar junk food got it but protein powders i guess those are okay junk food same thing good lord what is happening here but sos is cute it's a nice little moniker i thought first time i I heard about it. I thought it meant SOS, help me. I think about too much about food and I also have lost a lot of enjoyment in my life. That's what I thought it meant. Then I then somebody's like, no, no, it just means no salt, no oil, no sugar. And I was like, same thing. Anyhow, I thought it was a challenge. I kind of got nervous. I, I okayed the class and they said, she's SOS. And I was like, yeah, it's fine. And then when it started, that was like a month before the class. Then the class comes up and I go, oh crap. I got to teach, I actually have to teach this thing. So I use some of the same recipes that I teach, but I just sort of morphed them a little bit. And I use things like dulse flakes, which is a seaweed, which has, you know, it by salt, oil, sugar, they just mean added salt. Cause obviously tons of stuff has sodium in it, celery. And I could go on for literally 
ever, but seaweed is a perfect example. So it's sodium as part of the thing, just like there's fat in nuts, but it's not the extracted oil, which be, makes it junk food. It's fine. But so I'm going, okay, so a little dulse flakes, and then we use a little more acid, like the lemon lime thing to flavor, whatever. Anyway, it turned out great. I used like chipotle powder. I just kind of, and it was fine. Like it was, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't not bad. You know what I mean? Like if you can throw things together and you can use salt in a minimal way where you just bump a little bit and then you, but not at all salt, you can be great and on an extremely low salt diet. Same thing with oil, by the way. It's just this idea that if you have a drop of something, it's going to kill you. I have a very big problem with that because the stress of worrying about the drop of something that's going to kill you is ultimately what's going to kill you. And like I said recently, like if, if, if it was so much like that, then every blue zone in the world would be SOS and every blue zone in the world would be plant-based, but none of them are, one of them's plant-based, but they're none of them, as far as I know, are SOS. Okay. I mean, come on, let's just, let's take it easy a little bit. So it was a challenge. I think I rose to the challenge. It was kind of a good challenge because you can still taste stuff. There's, it's true. I can see how your taste buds can kind of get mellowed out to not having salt oil sugar and, and start to really taste things more fully. I get it. One of the best things I ever ate was an apple after a three-day water fast. It was like I was eating an, a, a freaking you know, Oreo cookie. Like it was that sweet, and but it was even like better than an Oreo cookie. Like it was sweet and complex and everything. I thought I was like, I was like, I was like I'm having a glass of Zinfandel. I was like, oh, there's like a floral notes to the apple. You know, it was like that crazy. Or light roast coffee, you know, floral notes. Oh, hell. <clears throat> Anyways, so wanted to just sort of mention that SOS. It's like, hmm, I like, you know, hear the word compliant, that whole deal. But anyways, so more on that kind of not, but it was just what happened. Okay, so uh, thank you to every, uh, thank you to everybody who uh, Patreons me, who buys my books, who joins my Small Steppers uh, online program or does the intensive. Cool stuff. Thank you. Hope you're getting stuff out of it. I am. That's, you know. Now, I will say, side note, my Raising Healthy Parents, if you tried to buy that, I know some people have, it says out of stock on Amazon. It's not freaking out of stock. So the publisher is having, and actually both of my publishers are having like supply chain issues with this this distributor, Ingram, and the other one, Publishers Group West or someone, whoever distributes my book, they're having issues with it. It's not out of stock. So it's very frustrating because I actually was on a podcast talking to teens. I think I mentioned it last week. And so people are trying to buy the damn book and it's freaking out of stock at the time that they're trying to buy the book. Very frustrating. This is why like indie people never get to the level of like having a huge publisher behind you. It's one of the reasons because a good book can be, you can sort of spread word of mouth and stuff, but not when you have, you can't get a goddamn coffee copy at, uh, at, at Amazon. Very frustrating. Mm. I'm having a bourbon. Did I mention that? And the reason I mention that is because I'm not off scotch. I mean, I love scotch. You know that. But bourbon kind of, I don't know, man. It's kind of tough. I kind of dig bourbon these days. And because of the theme of this week's episode, the subject, Gone is the Cowboy, I figured bourbon's more appropriate. Am I right? I mean, bourbon is America. I mean, that's what it is. Okay, so anyway, again, thanks to everybody. All I mentioned, I'm on the advisory board for Rancho Compassion, super cool farm sanctuary started by Miyoko Skinner of the Miyoko's Cheeses deal. So just FYI on that one. If you want to donate or you want to check it out, please do. Rancho Compassion. Okay, subject of this week's episode, Gone is the Cowboy. Now here, here was the inspiration to this. I was reached, I was contacted by a guy 
And this is how bad of a podcaster I am. I'm, I'm doing this in real time. I can't remember the website of the guy that reached out to me. And you would think that when I was preparing for this episode, I would have that would have been one of the things that I looked at because I'm just going to reference it. Now, I will say, when the post that I'm going to talk about goes live, I will remember the website and I'll link to it. Okay, but here's so, so here's the way. He has this new website. If you guys know the, the website Goodreads and kind of these kinds of things like for book readers. Well, this is kind of that thing, but I thought it was a really cool idea. So he emails me out of the blue and he goes, listen, got this website. And what I do is I ask authors, like he has Dean Carnass. He actually has big authors already. So I felt kind of cool that I was like, he found me somehow, even though my parent books, apparently you can't get on Amazon. But yay, look. So he goes, I'm asking authors to f- come up with a theme within which they give me their top five books in that theme. So it could be, um, you know, uh, best books on running, you know, and then Dean Carnass's best running books and boom, 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 boom. Top my, here's my top five. So I grappled with this a little bit because I don't definitely not in the food realm because I already told you I don't even like talking about food that much that's the, my only conflict about cooking classes I don't really like dealing with the food thing like it's kind of so easy to do that I don't want people going down the rabbit hole too much but whatever I'm back on this okay so my theme was my top five favorite fictions now they became novels I was going to do short stories but none of my short story books really fit into this so not mine but the ones I like didn't really fit so I didn't go with it but my top five favorite novels that are secretly philosophy books and the reason why he has this site is because it's kind of cool it links to other books but also it's for authors who have a new book that they want to promote of course I've got six truths um, it's out and so he probably saw that was out and he's like maybe he wants to do that I totally did one of the books is All the Pretty Horses by Cormac McCarthy. And by the way, the whole trilogy there is like insanely good. If you haven't read the the trilogy by Cormac McCarthy, just look it up, you'll find. But the first book is All the Pretty Horses and it's freaking nuts. I love that book so much. Um, and it's very philosophical, but it's very much in the cow- old school, more on this in a second, old school cowboy thing. Okay, you know that I'll don a cowboy hat on occasion. There's definitely a part of me you know, in the music realm, that's definitely got a country thing going on. I don't know why that is. Maybe I like trucks and confederacy. I don't know. I'm not going to, I'm not going to deep dive off to see a psychologist about that. So that was my thing. So so I was thinking about cowboys and I was thinking about kind of the, the old school cowboy honor, dignity, kind of principled, and am I idealizing? Yes, but more on that in a minute. Can you just freaking calm down? Let me finish my damn sentence. So sort of like the old school, like doing the right thing strength. Okay. Okay. So around this time, I get an email from a friend who also, a good friend of mine who also uh, volunteers for the race that I direct, the Mendocino Coast 50K, which side note, I filed the, I got actually got permit applications for the first time since two, I had to cancel 2020 and 2021 because of COVID. They weren't even issuing permits. I wouldn't have done it anyway. I'm just saying, but this year I was like, what do you think for April? And they said, here's the applications. I was like, holy crap. So they're submitted knock on wood, fingers crossed. I'm not superstitious because it's, but if you are, then do that. And so, um, anyway, April 23rd. And so, uh, yeah, hopefully I could actually run the race. It'd be its fifth year. I kind of feel rusty. I'm a little nervous about it. I'm like, I've had two years off. I was kind of nice in a nice swing of things. And then the damn COVID, the COVID hits. Anyhow, I get an email from, uh, a friend of mine and points to this website, which is for the race called the Golden Gate Spartan Trail Classic. Okay. Mm. The Golden Gate Spartan Trail Classic. I'm not even going to link to it. You can Google it. I'm not going to link to it. I'll tell you why. Here's exactly why. 
they have a you know some sponsors they have it's a it's a so it's a spartan now i've done a spartan race i did a spartan race it was very hard and i it was like one of the harder things i've ever done and i've done ultras multiple so this was on the level with that i will never do a spartan again not my thing it's very corporate it's very raw it's like a it's like a fraternity in a race like it's uh this is what a race would be if it was just a fraternity or sorority like this is the race it's very raw raw very like put your freaking headband on and the whole thing's just not totally trail running ultra running is like what shorts are those oh, i got them at the used clothing store and i live out of my van like that's completely in my my wheelhouse now look there's no objective judgment here if you like Spartan races and that's your thing, and you like, you think they're better than trail ultra marathons? This look, there's nothing objective. I will say, however, that trail ultra running is better. So, I go to their website, and it says, "quote the first and still does." I checked it this morning. The first plant fueled trail event. Wait for it, in the world. That's a pretty big claim. The first plant fueled trail event in the world. And by the way, it hasn't happened yet. It's November of 2021. I don't know when you're listening to this, but the first plant-fueled trail event in the world. It's kind of interesting. I mean, I was kind of impressed. I was like, that's actually kind of cool that they're doing that. And they're the first in the world, except that I've been running my race since 2016. That's been hundred percent plant-based and it's a trail event. I can call it a, I can call it event. Mine's an event. I've got burritos. I've got beer. And yes, also people run 50 K. And it's 100% plant-based. So kind of an event, wouldn't you say? Now, when I launched my race, I knew of no other all-vegan ultra runs. I did a search, nothing came up. And I did an interview around the time, and I said, I think I'm the only one. I said, I think I'm the only one in the United States. I think I'm the only one. Then I got a fa- I was on Facebook at the time. I hadn't quit yet. So my life had not gotten as good as it is now. I got a Facebook whatever saying, listen, you're not the only one. We do one too. And I was like, holy crap, super cool. First of all, I'm like happy about it. I'm like, I wish more races were like that. Super cool. Very cool. Very good. And then that was the last time you ever heard me say, I think I'm the only one because it wouldn't be true. I would then say I'm one of only two because at that point I just did deeper. I still didn't, couldn't Google this one race. It just wouldn't come up. It still doesn't, but I knew about it. So I was like, I think I'm, and now I say, I think there's only two in the country and maybe four or five worldwide. I mean, it's a very, very small number of, of for obvious reasons. Why would anybody do this? And by the way, the other one in the United States is called like the vegan power. It's the vegans writing the word. Mine is not. Mine's under the radar. I don't talk about vegan. It's just my, it's my MO. I want to, this isn't a big, I don't want to make it a thing. I just, it is. It just is because it's a manifestation of my values environmentally and, and ethically. And it's just, that's just how I want to run my race because it's my race. So that's just, I don't really want to make a big deal out of it. And you certainly don't have to be, I mean, nobody's vegan who runs a damn thing. Maybe one person. And they're probably annoying knowing what I know. Anyways, uh, I had a little, I had a little, I had a little uh, bone to pick. I got, a little, I got a problem with that. I got a problem with the bravado. I don't have a problem with the bravado. I appreciate the bravado. What I have a problem with is the, 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 the just wrongness and factually incorrect statement. The first plant-fueled trail event in the world. So I shot him an email and I said, very friendly. I said, listen, FYI, you're not the first plant-fueled trail event in the world. That's just the first thing. And second of all, I've been running mine since 2016. I'm not the only one, but I'm 100%. I'm not sure they are even 100%, but their, their aid stations are, and they're, they're, they said plant-based options at the finish. So neither here nor there. I don't want to split hairs. 
But I said, listen, I've been running this thing since 2016. It's sold out every year since, since, since the first year. And so, you know, I hope you act in good faith and correct your, correct your deal because it ain't, it ain't, it ain't freaking true. Get an email back two days later from a manager of the race who says, I'm going to forward uh, this on to our legal department. Okay. Now, this is where, this is where I get pissed because it's a simple thing. Like when I found out there was another race, I didn't continue to say, I'm the only vegan uh, ultra run trail run in the whole country. I'm just going to keep saying that. And I'm just going to keep saying it because I want to say it. It sounds good to say it. So I'm just going to say it, even though I know that it's not true. Now you might go, he started by talking about Cormac McCarthy, all the pretty horse. What I'm saying is this, the old school cowboy way, the title of this episode, Gone is the Cowboy, that we are losing in humanity wide, I think, but definitely in the United States, a, a basic level of honor and dignity. When you fuck up and you make a mistake, just, yeah, okay, yeah, well, I shouldn't have said that. I didn't realize, I, I, I didn't realize, I hadn't heard about your race. So yeah, we'll change it. We'll just say one of the only plant fuel trail events in the world. That'd be totally awesome. You'd still sound like a kick-ass thing, but it'd be actually true. That's my problem. There's a loss of honor and dignity. There's a loss of saying, you know what? We want to say this so bad. We want to say this so bad. We want to say that we're the first. We really, really do. But it wouldn't be the right thing to do. And even though it feels a bummer and we just have the urge, we're not going to do that because it's wrong. And it's this kind of loss of this baseline. Look, if you look at the vaccination thing, if you look at the freaking mass thing, all of a sudden guys with insecurities about the size of their Johnsons are having masks is a thing that makes them feel manly. Vaccinations is not getting vaccinated is a thing that makes you feel like a man. That's the thing. It's like the basicness of what it takes to live in a world with lots of other people in a way that is minimally damaging and maximally functional is just going away. We're just digging our heels in on bullshit stuff that is such a throwaway that it was just very disappointing to me because it was like, you know better. It's not a big deal. So you made a mistake. I'm assuming they made a mistake. I mean, maybe they did it on purpose knowing, and of course that would be even worse, right? But when you're called on it, the email I should have gotten would be like, oh my goodness, sorry about that. We totally missed it. No worries. We'll change it. End of story. Good luck. Hope you do well in your race. And I'd be like, you know what? Hope you do well on your race too, kind sir. But now I'm like, you know, Spartan, Spartan Schmartin. That's that's probably the best comeback I have because I don't have the money. They're a multi-million dollar, uh, you know, monolith. Spartan races, huge. A lot of dough there. I'm a, I'm a cutoff shorts, uh, on old Nikes, you know, on a, on a trail run, but I got burritos. I got burritos. I got beer. I don't know if they have that. Okay. Mm. Old school. Gone is the cowboy. Gone is the cowboy. Now you're going to say to yourself, Sid, I know a little bit about cowboys and they did some douchey shit too. I'm not denying that. I'm not saying that everything that a cowboy did was right on the money. There was lots of things that didn't work, but Let's, let's just say it. I'm cherry picking. I got it. I'm cherry picking. I'm looking back and sort of idealizing this picture of the cowboy and saying like, you know what? He just, it was kind of, there was no like police kind of, there was like self-policing. There was a sense of like, this is not, you can't do this and sort of like a, a way to kind of do that. And, and then I was thinking about cherry picking in general. And I was like, well, look how much is cherry picked out there. The paleo diet, perfect example, cherry picked. We don't, we don't live, people on the paleo diet don't live the lifestyle 
that was lived during the Paleolithic era. By the way, I wouldn't even know how to define that. It was very many years, like millions. So they cherry pick and somebody goes, I can make money if I just cherry pick the fact that they, they I'm going to tell people that they ate meat all the time. And even though they didn't, I'm going to cherry pick that because that's going to be financially beneficial for me. But we cherry pick a diet from a long time ago that is completely not applicable in today's world. I want to say completely not applicable. It's better than lots of other diets. I'll say that, but it's still shitty. And so we cherry pick every religion cherry picks. They don't say um, we're going to, we're going to follow everything. A hundred percent of things in the Bible. No religion does that or whatever text they do. They go, we'll take this religion goes, I'm gonna take this one, that one, that one, that one. I don't want that one. That's stoning people. We'll never get away with that. We'd like to, but we can't get away with that. Okay. So this one, multiple wives, I'm going to keep not, I'm going to throw that one off. And then the way that we traded donkeys for whatever, I, that's probably not going to be applicable because I have a job at, at Goldman Sachs. So that's totally weird. I can't trade a donkey for sugar. That would be insane. So let me, okay, there, cherry picked. We all cherry pick. So two points. One, when, when can we get back to a basic way of treating people, a basic way of honor and a basic way of dignity? Number one. Number two, I'm thinking that we're not defined by the fact that we cherry pick. That's, that's a given. We all cherry pick. We all look at the things that make sense to us. We read books and we grab things that make sense to us based on our lives. We listen to music. We look at art. We cherry pick. We're looking for the things that touch us, that inspire us, that affect us, that change our minds. It's not that we cherry pick that defines us. It's just we're defined by what we pick. Burned. 
scars can make you free Sometimes they lock me in Remembering 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 Misplaced 